A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with me. I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 114. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So again, I am again playing catch-up. I was unable to upload any videos to YouTube for a couple of days. So I had this video done, um, ready to upload it last week. I decided I wanted to do it again. Um, simply, I, I usually I won't do that, but it's been a week, and... I just wanted to kind of explain and, and I've gotten nothing. I don't know. And I honestly, I can't say that this is YouTube banning me or punishing me or putting me in jail because I've never got any emails saying, which most people do. They get an email saying you violated this or that or the other or whatever. I've just had these random days where nothing will upload. It's not my internet because I just replaced my modem. So I know it's not my internet. I, I don't know what it is. So I'm not claiming that I've been in jail, YouTube jail, but it feels like it. I can't say for sure. I've gotten no emails from YouTube, but I did just do a episode of Let Me Tell You that was all about COVID and that's one of those hot topics that that YouTube will tend to ban you for if you don't uh, fall right into the narrative. So I am redoing this video of responding to the Saints Unscripted Faith and Belief segment because um, I wanted to give that explanation. So that's why this video is almost, literally almost a week late. Um, so... The Master's Dog is a podcast that I do dealing with false teachers, false prophets, false gospels. Uh, basically, the quote from John Calvin at the beginning of the intro, when God's word is attacked, when God's truth is attacked, attacked, I bark. I, like any dog would when his master is attacked, I will bark when people attack God's word and God's truth. When false teachers, false prophets are out there doing their thing. I started this podcast as Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Dealing with the Saints Unscripted podcast, a segment called Faith and Beliefs, which is what we're going to look at today. And I made a commitment that I will respond to every one of those videos. So that is the bulk of what I do in this podcast. Every week I'm going to give a response, or at least as long as they do these videos. They skipped a week and I skipped a week on it. But I also, I expanded it from that into all kinds of false teachers because I, I just, again, I want to be able to, I, I don't just deal with the Mormons. I want to deal with everybody that is out there, pseudo-Christian cults, um, just absolute cults, atheists, whatever. If it's something that comes up and it hits my 
uh, timeline or something where I it comes into my purview, I will take a look at it and respond to it if I feel like it needs to be responded to. So that is the background on this podcast for those who are new. I've gotten, again, we continue to grow slowly but surely, and I appreciate it. It's because you guys who are watching on a regular basis are sharing the video, liking the video, hitting that subscribe button, and that means... Mr. Algae Rhythm uh, is the new uh, guy in uh, the new Space Jam. If you saw it, eh, it was okay. I didn't hate it, but again, I'm 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 an absolutely anti-LeBron guy, and I was always an anti-Michael Jordan guy too. But um, yeah, it was the sequel that nobody wanted. But okay, it 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 it's st- I've been talking about Mr. Algo Rhythm uh, for a long time, and they just put it in the movie. So I'm claiming that. I can't claim it, but so you guys are the guys. Wow, easily distracted. ADOS, uh, attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. Um, so that's the po- podcast. That's what I do on this podcast, dealing with false teachers and so on uh, as they deal. But today we are back with the guys from Saints Unscripted. And David is talking about today the Mormons being forced out of, or the Latter-day Saints, being forced out of Jackson County, Missouri. Um, and again, this was one that I went, eh, it's, it's really just a lot of history. Nothing to really refute in it. Um, but there is a couple of things that we need to address. So all that being said, we are going to jump into our video. We are going to let David uh, break it down for us and talk about how the... Uh, Mormons were run out of Jackson County, Missouri, and why that is important. So here we go. Hey guys, in July 1831, Joseph Smith received the revelation now found in Doctrine and Covenants 57, which named Jackson County, Missouri as the Saints' promised land their land of Zion, with the tiny town of Independence as the center of Zion. Saints immediately began settling the area, but as you know, within just a few years, they would be forcibly expelled from Jackson County. You were saying? In this episode, we're going to look at why and how that happened. Okay. So again, it's it's really just going to be a lot of history. By Nothing the really of to refute. There were about 1200 Latter-day Saints in Jackson County, about one-third of the total county population. Church leaders were trying to take things slow and make sure that those who emigrated would receive Okay. So a couple of things just I'd like to address before we get really into this and I don't think he mentioned this. I think he mentioned at the beginning. I kind of zoned out as I was trying to get camera angles right. Um but he mentioned that this was the place that Joseph Smith prophesied was going to be Zion. This was going to be Joseph Smith prophesied that this area, Independence, this this place is where there was going to be a temple built. Uh, there was going to be um, this is where the saints were going to gather. Um, this was a prophecy that was made. This is also in the same area where Joseph Smith said this was Adam on Diamond, the land where Adam dwelt. This was literally what Joseph Smith was telling people is the location of the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve and basically where Adam lived. Uh, again, this is, I mean, and that's a ridiculous statement. We have everything biblical and everything shows that it was over in the Middle East, in that area, around Israel, around those places. Um, we have landmarks that are not on the American continent uh, showing us what was where the Garden of Eden was. 
the the this was this was the reason why I left the Mormon church. The initial step that pushed me over the edge that said, I can't believe this, is when my bishop told me, well, after the flood, the lands changed. Yeah. So those are a couple of little things that I don't know if he's going to mention in this video. I don't remember. I Again, I did an entire video on this, and now I've forgotten exactly what he said. So we're going to get back into this and uh, let him say it. But I don't think he mentions any of that as he's going through this history land and be taken care of. However, many saints emigrated without the church's approval, straining resources in Zion and contributing to unrest among the locals. On July 20th, hundreds of Jackson County citizens gathered at the Independence Courthouse and decided they would rid their society of the Mormons, peaceably if we can, forcibly if we must. Why? There were three reasons given. One, they were afraid, or at least said they were afraid, that the saints would eventually take their lands by force. Apparently, they were unaware of the revelation on this subject, which explicitly instructed the saints to not do that, but rather to pay for their land, which they did. Two, they also claimed the saints were trying to force them from their lands by inviting freed slaves to join them in Zion, which was just the worst thing imaginable to the locals. This was based on a misinterpretation of an article in the saints' local newspaper, The Evening and Morning Star. Though not the basic source of hatred, the Negro issue was played up as a means of persuading the rest of the state that illegal violence was justified. Three, and then there was the question of political power and influence, which was likely really the main issue. The beliefs of the saints were just too different, and the Missourians thought the saints posed a threat to their way of life. One leader of the July 20th meeting declared, the evil is one that no one could have foreseen and is therefore unprovided for by the laws. And the delays incident to legislation would put the mischief beyond remedy. In other words, what we want to do is totally illegal, but let's put together a mob and do it anyway. Sounds an awful lot like a dictatorship to me. Well, if it works. The Missourians, including a county judge, demanded that the Saints stop printing their newspaper and that they get the heck out of town, or else. After the meeting, the demands were presented to Latter-day Saint leaders in Missouri who were given a whopping 15 minutes to accept or reject the terms. The negotiations were short. When Edward Partridge refused to decide within that time frame, the mob destroyed the printing press, they tarred and feathered Edward and another man, they sacked Sidney Gilbert's store, they drove some saints from their homes, and some men were captured and whipped. Violence continued on July 23rd, some of the mob reportedly threatening, if the Mormons will not go without, we will whip and kill the men, we will destroy their children and ravish their women. To stop the violence, Edward agreed to have the saints out of Jackson County by the following spring. Despite threats from the mob to kill anyone who sought for a redress of grievances, the saints nonetheless brought their situation before Missouri Governor Daniel Dunklin, who told them to take it up with local authorities. If that didn't work, then the state would get involved. <laughs> yeah. Like that's ever gonna happen. Of course, appealing to local authorities was doomed from the start, as many of them were members and leaders of the mob. But the saints at least had hope in the state and began to rebuild their lives and make known their intention to stay and, if necessary, defend themselves in Jackson County. As you may imagine, the mob wasn't happy about this, and things got ugly again on October 31st, 1833, when the mob attacked the Whitmer settlement of saints. The next day, there was an attack on the saints near Independence. One man, Richard McCarty, was captured by the saints while in the act of looting Sidney Gilbert's store, but 
a hostile justice of the peace refused to issue a warrant for McCarty's arrest. The next day, November 2nd, there was another smaller attack on the Whitmer settlement, which was cut short as the Saints rallied to defend their own. On November 4th, astoundingly, Richard McCarty obtained a warrant for the arrest of the men who had caught him in the act of looting the Gilbert store, charging them with assault and false imprisonment. I don't think the system works. On this same day, there was a skirmish between the mob and the Saints west of Big Blue River. One Latter-day Saint and two Missourians were killed, but back in Independence, rumors spread that the Saints had killed 20 Missourians in the battle. This infuriated the Missourians and put the lives of the Latter-day Saint prisoners in danger. That night, Latter-day Saint leaders decided it would be best for the Saints to simply leave the county before more blood was shed. But news of that decision didn't spread instantly, and November 5th was a day of preparation for war for the Missourians gathered in Independence. The county militia was called out to broker peace between the Saints and the mob and protect the Saints as they left the county. Unfortunately, the militia had every appearance of a mob, and in its ranks were many of the most bitter enemies of the church. Meanwhile, a group of about 100 Saints was marching towards Independence to rescue the endangered prisoners. But when they heard that the prisoners had been released, the militia was called out to restore peace, and that the decision was made to leave the county, they disbanded. Unfortunately, news of the force enraged militia leader Thomas Pitcher, who demanded, among other things, that the group give up their weapons. The Saints agreed with the additional stipulation that the mob would also be disarmed, which Pitcher agreed to do. Not surprisingly, the mob was never disarmed, and at this point, the game was over. Over the next couple of days, mobs rode through the county, driving the main body of saints from their homes. Most refugees gathered along the banks of the Missouri River and eventually found refuge among the more hospitable citizens of Clay County, while others fled to Ray, Lafayette, and Van Buren counties. The government and rule of law had unequivocally failed to protect the saints. In the next episode, we'll look at how the church responded to the situation. Check out the links in the YouTube description for well, more info on this topic. there you go. And That's actually... That is actually one video that I just really did. I, I'm amazed at my ability to um, not talk through that entire thing. So a couple of things that we need to look at and understand about this. This was absolutely a tragedy. This is absolutely unacceptable, unforgivable. Well, yeah, Jesus can forgive anything, right? Um but this is just wrong. Everything that happened to the Mormon people, the LDS people in this area and so on was a tragedy. It was a real tragedy and it was really wrong. It was really illegal. People should have paid penalties. Some people should have probably been put to death because of what was done to the LDS people. No denying that. No arguments from me there. But here's the problem. This was a land that was prophesied by Joseph Smith that God was going to give to them. Yeah, he said, go in there, buy the land, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be your dwelling place. And it wasn't. They were driven out. And it just shows, excuse me, that Joseph Smith was a false prophet. All of this in, in its entirety takes away Joseph Smith's credibility as a prophet of God. What do we see throughout the Bible? When God promises something to the people, when he gave them the promised land, he defended them. He helped them go in and take it. 
multiple times where where throughout the history of Israel where they were attacked and so on. Um, except for the again, now there were times when the the Israel was in sin and they were put into exile and and yes, granted. None of this is, is, were all the Mormon people in sin? Were they being put into exile? Was God angry with them? You will not get any Mormon historian or LDS person that will tell you, oh yeah, the Mormons must have been in rebellion. That's why they were driven out. No, they were never promised it. It was a false prophecy that this was theirs to begin with. Because as you look at the beginning, when God said, Israel, I'm going to give you, he helped them take over Jer- or defeat Jericho. He helped them defeat AI. He helped them defeat all of the, so many times where they were attacked by different people. God defended them. If this was really prophesied, did God not know that he was, that they were going to be driven out? Did he not know what the Missourians were going to do? Was governor or, or was, was Boggs the, he wasn't the governor. He was the mayor or whatever. Was Mayor Boggs or Governor Dunklin, were these men more powerful than God that they could overturn and by their force of might defeat God's promise to the Mormon people? And again, this is not a conditional prophecy like was given to Jonah when he went to Nineveh and God said, tell them unless they repent, I'm going to destroy them. And they repented, so God didn't destroy them. That's what the Mormons will always go to. They'll go, well, God doesn't always fulfill all the prophecies that he made. Well, it's, yeah, definitely when it's conditional. When God says, do this, or I'm going to do that, that, and people uphold what he tells them to do, then yes, he relents. This is, But God, if he's promised something to the Mormon people, I'm pretty sure he is able to defend them from the, the mobs of the Missourians that drove them out. So while I will admit, yes, this was an absolute tragedy, this was a horrible thing that happened to the the LDS people, in no way, shape, or form do I celebrate what the Missourians did, what anyone did, what any of these mobs did. Do I believe the Mormons have the right to live in peace and worship how they want? Absolutely. I also believe that this is the way we deal with the false uh, gospel of the Mormon church is by talking about it, by, by exposing the lies, exposing the false prophecies, and calling them to repentance and belief in the one true God. It is not through violence or anything else. All those things, that those, those different mobs and the, the things that were done to the Mormon people, are absolutely horrible. I mean, some of those were my ancestors were involved in some of those things. You know, my I grew up Mormon and I I come from a few generations of LDS people. So, I mean, I don't know if I really I would have to ask my aunt or my sister who do all that stuff, but we may have had relatives in that situation and I I, I feel for those people. But all of this happened because they were deceived by a false prophet convinced to believe that God was going to give them this land when it was never a promise of God. And Joseph Smith's deception led them into these horrible situations. Does that excuse what the Missourians did? Absolutely not. They are responsible for the sins that they committed. But it's unfortunate that the Mormon people were deceived by this man, Joseph Smith, and led into these horrible situations.
And there you go. I mean, that's that's my take on this entire thing. Um, hopefully, you found that a little bit helpful. Um, again, some of these episodes that they're doing right now that don't deal with doctrine and stuff, that just deal with history, it always feels kind of forced to do a response to it. But again, I made a commitment, and God is usually, well, God is always faithful. Um, and he's always managed to give some kind of uh, insight into something that is beneficial to glorify him and bring forth uh, the the kingdom of Christ and the gospel of Christ. So there you go, guys. Hopefully you found this uh, helpful. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. <laughs>